0: I, didn't, I don't save anything anymore. It's completely pointless. Yeah. Like, I don't – I mean, like, it mattered to me at some point when I was, like, really, like, adamant about building a a, pro, a portfolio for myself because I thought that, like, I was just going to be writing articles forever. And I didn't think there was another option until I lost my mind. Um, and and then, that
1: was the option, losing your mind. That was the real option that you always yeah, wanted.
0: Yeah. You just alt F4. No. Oh. And then, uh, you find... Don't
1: control, delete, because, eh.
0: No, never try and control, man. Yeah. Don't, don't, you can't control anything.
1: Yeah, that's where Tim Buckley messed up, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry I'm such an internet person.
0: Look, hey, I like abortion jokes as much as the next (laughs) Uh... That's one thing I do know. I don't know why I know (laughs) that one thing. Because
1: that is his story now. I know. I mean, like even before, like but see, but that's like that's like 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 the f- like the knowledge that he sexually harassed someone doesn't even come into play. It's just that he made an abortion. Nope,
0: uh, I didn't know any of that. See,
1: that's not important. That's not what the... That- all they care about is the abortion because that's what's famous. Yeah. Wait,
0: I mean, okay. I was about to be like sympathetic.
1: <laughs> you um, know, like, oh, he made a bad choice, and he also. T- well, I mean,
0: like, he took, you know, he took a he took a, a strong, bold, creative risk, and it didn't pan out. Like.
1: And he took a then- social risk by touching that girl. But
0: yeah. I don't. I don't know anything about that. <laughs>
1: This has been a long time since I've done one of these interviews. This is David Johnson. I'm joined by Justin...
0: You want, you want me to yeah, you want say Yeah, say it once so I don't
1: butcher, butcher your last name like I did with every person who has any... That's
0: that's okay. Uh, it's uh, My name Justin Amrakani.
1: Okay, Justin Amrakani. Good enough. Yeah, okay, so I'm joined that by guy. him. The lead creator on Always Sometimes Monsters uh, this Really cool looking game. Tell us a little about it. Just give us the basic pitch.
0: I'm a I'm a lead writer on uh, Always Sometimes Monsters. It is a game where you play 30 days in the life of a character as you go from the East Coast to the West Coast uh, before the love of your life marries somebody else. And along the way, you play through this story that changes based on the decisions you make because all the decisions are like really ethically charged, and so your moral compass and values come into play throughout the experience and, like, it plays a lot with decision and choice itself. Um, And it tailors the story to kind of who you are in certain respects, uh, but also lets you play as, like, different genders and races and sexual orientations, and that changes the story in slight ways as well, um, so that you can have, like, a really customized experience every single time you go through it, and everybody who does go through it will have a very unique experience playing the game. Okay. That's the game. Always, sometimes, monsters. It's a game.
1: Buy it on Steam, May 21st, right?
0: Yeah. It's like an adventure RPG. Choose your own adventure. Exploration. Non-combat. No no magic. No stats. No potions. Just, like, modern-day life stuff.
1: So, I've i i looked into the 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 beginning it's at a so do you get to it says it's all at a party the beginning of the character that you pick to be the character
0: selection yeah
1: so do you get to mix and match parts or is it this is this character that was what intrigued me about it because it actually sounded cooler your way
0: Okay, so the way it works for character selection or or what we call like trait definition um, is that you are at there's this guy Larry he's a he's a publisher a book publisher he's throwing a party um, it's his birthday everybody wants to toast him because everybody like you know wants to get in good with him and you're actually playing as him initially um, and all of these different characters are standing around his apartment and you go and you talk to one of them and you toast with one of them and then you become them. And that's just it. Like all the characters are different, you know, uh, races and genders and, uh, whoever you just talk to naturally and like, it makes sense for that character, but you end up picking who is a natural choice for you. And then after that, uh, you have to, like, go out onto the patio to find your, quote-unquote, ball and chain. And that leads you to uh, another conversation where, like, you talk to these characters. And if you interact with them as if they were your significant other, then they are your significant other. And so that's kind of, like, the pairing right there. All of the characters fundamentally are the same Person, like they all have the same dialogue options. They all have the same. They all speak in the same voice. They they are the same person, but the world around them reacts slightly differently in certain situations. Not all situations, but certain situations, uh, and certain characters. Excuse me, uh, interact with them differently based on you know whether they're black or white or gay or straight or or a man or a woman.
1: So. This odd. So I had a question about this and and this whole game in general. Uh, since you di- you basically took a break from making games that you just weren't enjoying and basically saw the world. Have you like basically blanked out on what games are and are going to this project completely fresh, or are you like, oh no, I'm like this game, or I. Copy this or anything no, no, like no, that, absolutely
0: that not. Um, I f- actually feel kind of somewhat validated when I make something and it sort of feels like another game because yeah. then I know it at least makes sense, it made sense to someone else at some point in time um, and I mean like like Jake and I, we love doing like little nods and parodies to other games, like there's tons of little references because I mean that's what we, we came from is like looking at games, like neither of us actually come from a strong game development background, I had one job uh, make writing content for a facebook game and that was mm-hmm. it like i've i've had no formal game development experience jake's had hobbyist game development experience this is a both of our first real foray into any of this mm-hmm. um, so we come from it um me on a on a, on a journalist side him uh very much enthusiast side like we've both played a lot of games um, I know I deconstructed a lot of games for reviews and that sort of thing, but um, which has kind of led me to like understanding mechanics and stuff a little better. But in terms of like worrying about like aping things, no, it it just sort of like I don't know. We just it, the, the blank slate kind of thing is kind of accurate because I mean like I since we don't know what we're doing. Um, we're kind of free, but at the same time, we kind of know what other people did, and so we can kind of get a gauge for when it's going right or when it's going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would – I say we still have no idea what we're doing.
1: Sure. So, so I have a – so do your actions change, like this action changes, makes a different situation completely appear, and – stuff like that do you have completely or does it kind of like okay this is totally this way now and this is how it changes in a different direction or does it just kind of move on in a kind of wow this this is like different I haven't how how does how does all the because it's it is made on making um, morally blank, Decisions. How does that affect, I guess, the rest of the game if the game isn't I making say it's an a, opinion? It's,
0: yeah, I wouldn't say it's about necessarily making morally blank decisions or finding neutral ground as opposed to applying your own sense of ethics and values to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, for example, the demo we had at uh, PAX East just a couple weeks ago. Oh, my God, time flies. Um, uh, the demo we had at PAX East involved a scene where people... Are in instru- a paid upfront for a job where they will be loading boxes from the left side of the screen onto a truck on the right side of the screen, and that's it. That's all you do, and the choice there is how many do you move? Like your boss leaves for a coffee break, you've been paid in advance, and. You're just presented with the situation. So we just said, okay, we're going to, like, create different paths for, like, these different ways that people can organically explore the scene, right? There's some exploration stuff. Like, if you want to, like, bum around the warehouse and, like, not really do your job but you want to, like, look for things around the warehouse, you can find some stuff in the warehouse to, like, poke around. If you want to just say, like, screw it. I quit my job. There's a path there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have people who love moving boxes and they move on- – uh, I, 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 an unbelievable number of boxes, uh, and there's a path for them as well. Um, I don't know if any of them are like I don't know. I don't think any of those things are less necessarily like morally gray or anything. Mm-hmm. But like they they come to down to like your values. Like if you value hard work or you value freedom, um, yeah. If you're a selfish or selfless person, those kind of things mm-hmm. like come into play far more more than, like, a a necessarily evaluation of good or bad.
1: So, uh... How... How much are you willing to... And I'm going to bring up another developer. How... Are you guys willing... Are you going to show how the paths have changed for different players? Are you just making it this person's individual story? And while they still have a conversation about it with someone else... Is not as. Here's the stats for this decision. Here's the stats oh, for that. Decision. Yeah, you
0: mean like you mean like the Walking Dead? Like exactly. There's, there's, Telltale. Yeah, no. okay. yeah we, we, we don't do that. We thought of we thought of different things um, that would be kind of cool, like uh, whether we wanted to do an infographic on like where people fell in the story, or you know different things like that. And then it kind of dawned on me that. Um, Well, I know, like, the best reaction I got uh, at the show, uh, it's a funny little anecdote, but I had somebody go through the entire experience, come up to me and say, That was shit. I didn't make a single choice in that game. And I'm like, Are you sure? (laughs) And they're like, Yeah, I didn't get to choose anything. And then I said, Well, did you do this? And they're like, No. I said, well, did you do this? And they're like, no. Did you do this or this? No, no. And then you suddenly realize that, like, the choices, the way they're presented to you seem so innocuous at times that you don't even know you're making them. And so it just like it's this organic story that, like, comes out of these choices that you're not sure you're making and the only way you're really going to ever know what was a choice, what wasn't a choice, what could have been is talking to other people. And I kind of like that about it because it's the same, it reflects life in a little bit of a way. Like,
1: it, look, I don't... Yeah, like it's not a center yeah. point for a giant explosion about to happen right behind you. It, it's it's it, it, like your decision still matters, but it it could be as innocuous as, as saying, no, I don't want to go drinking out tonight or something like that. and And it doesn't, Yeah, yeah. but you
0: you decide not to come drinking with me tonight and like what if, you know, that like one person who's like your soulmate happened to be there and you like never got a chance to meet them whereas like an alternate reality version of you who's just like, you know what, screw it. I, you know, I need to go and have some fun or another version that's like insanely depressed is like, you know what, screw it. I've got no reason left to live. Let's just go get drunk into a stupor tonight, right? And so now we have these three versions of you. One of them who stays home never has an opportunity to meet your love interest. And then there's the two other versions, one who goes and gets shit-faced because he hates himself, who completely makes an ass out of himself in front of a love interest and never gets an opportunity to, uh, form that relationship, yet also spoils the chance for the relationship that the first person doesn't really have spoiled for them. And you have this awareness of the relationship and it like deepens your depression and it makes it even worse. And then we have this third one who's just like I'm going to try and enjoy life and go hang out with my buddy Justin and have a few drinks and you fall in love and life's, life's wonderful um, and we see how that like stupid innocuous little choice completely like alters reality for you forever and you have no clue the first person who like didn't come out with me has no clue what happened
1: mm-hmm. so I guess um, <laughs> and, I, 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 and this is kind of a hard thing to talk about since the game's not out. How do do you have anything like a failure state? Like, have you, I'm sure that's always been like, uh, how, how do we make choices matter and make a story end abruptly? But failure. No, states? um,
0: you can uh very very abruptly end the story, um, but like I I was I was always a proponent of. Like, the game being 100% like hardcore YOLO mode. Like, you live once, and that's it, and then the game's over. Mm. However you find your end in the game, bam, that's it. Done. Um, Jake is uh, a much more rational person than me, Uh, and so we have save states. And so, like, the, the instant death sort of, like, instant conclusions pieces... Um, they're not as, like, important. Uh, Like, they can happen. There's, like, we've thrown some, like, really goofy ones in there and then we've thrown some, like, just really surprising ones in there. But I've I've never found any of them to be, like, significant or meaningful because you always have the opportunity to just load your save state again. And so with that in the back of my mind as I'm writing, it's really hard for me to get invested in like a mid-story, just like ending.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, there are ways you can end the game where you don't finish, right? Yeah. you You have this hard deadline of thirty days to get across the country, um, and you can not make it.
1: Okay.
0: But does but does that count as a failure? And I does don't know.
1: does it count as a failure? My other question is, the 30 days, and I, before I just talked to you, I was under the impression that the 30 days and the love interest were intertwined. Are they not?
0: Um, Well, yeah, the wedding is on the, like, the love interest is getting married. Yes. In 30 days.
1: Okay, so you need to get to point A from point B. Yeah, you get...
0: Get really early. I think I think of the first or second day, you get an invite to the wedding,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah, uh, and you got to get from point A to point B um, within the time frame.
1: But your situational status with that person can be completely different if you even make it to the thirty days.
0: Yeah, like how your relationship started. Um, they all carry some like similar thread, but like. Mm. It can be slightly different. Um, the way in which you fell apart, the reasons hmm. can be very different. Um, but the pacing of like how you get these scenes and like learn this information is all pretty uniform because I think it's like uh, it's a, it's just a, like a, a weird little style of storytelling where we like you know giving you like you, you start the story broken up but then in the middle of the story you decide how you got together
1: hmm.
0: and then near the uh, in another part you, you you find out how you broke up and it's like and then the conclusion I, we don't even know yet um, this it's like you you get this the ch- like, the, the static stuff, the conclusions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: before you get the the questions. <laughs> and, yeah. so, and so, it's like, it's almost like you have an opportunity to try and be revisionist with your history, and that's kind of a way we play with choice a little bit. Um, you can try and, like, deny the fate that you've already established mm. by, like, rejecting it and, like, trying to, like, fight against it, but then like this deterministic thread to kind of weaves its way into your life and you sort of like find yourself in the same situation no matter how hard you fought against it as this meta level aware player character uh, as opposed to just like this character in the story okay
1: so uh so you, you do is, is it your perception of what happened in the past or do you actually have as the player have interaction and make what actually happened in your
0: past yeah you know like so for example um in the paxis demo um it's uh it's a a flashback dream sequence that takes place right in the middle of the game um and it defines how you met your love interests. Now, it's all within like the same sort of time frame, and it's all within the same um, building, technically. Uh, but uh, where and like what you were doing, and like why you met them, can vary. Mm-hmm. Not wi- not as not as wildly as I think is possible. I don't know if it's possible. Do you, I mean I th- sometimes I think life can only really go one way. Like sure. I, I mean... sometimes I believe ab, like in absolute determinism, like this conversation we were destined to have and we were going to have we're going to have a million times again through eternity because life is cyclical and yeah. all that other nonsense. Sure. But uh yeah, no, so you sort of define like the stuff about your backstory and your history with this person mm-hmm. um, as you play through the game.
1: So, um on kind of how the journey to your interest to even make this game uh this game definitely deals with homelessness and while games have attempted to they usually come off as you know kind of like oh isn't it aren't they so poor uh a la beyond two souls which is yeah while well, these people are starving. yeah, the, the, yeah. The,
0: the fetishism of it,
1: yeah, well, the, it's just the, like oh, I'll have pizza, uh, but I feel like hamburgers while well, these homeless people are right next to you, yeah you know, it's like
0: uh the true horror of like homelessness to me and like one of the things that i I realized like while I was hitchhiking and stuff, and like I mean my situation is not genuine homelessness like sure like, it's it was by choice. I had a choice in my life, and I was – I made that – that was an opportunity I yeah,
1: took. Yeah, you're a reporter on the homelessness right. scene, as it were, at the right. at the worst. You can always pull the extension cord if you feel like.
0: Right, the, yeah. I have a parachute. Uh-uh. Um, the true horror of it is the day you realize that you are homeless. That you – it's not like – it doesn't necessarily come the day you don't have a home. Right, it's it's something far far greater than that. Um, like you can you you can believe you're in a bad situation, but be like, yeah, you know, what, I've still got this thing that's like you know not far out on the horizon, and like you know things are going to turn themselves around. Um, the day you stop believing that, that's terrifying. Okay. That's like true horror, um, where you no longer have hope. At all in the world. And the funny thing is like I hang out with a lot of people that most would classify as homeless. And they don't necessarily classify themselves as homeless. They don't consider themselves hobos or or vagrants or vagabonds or anything. Sure. um, Because they're getting by. They're surviving. uh, They're within a situation that is less than – like the background I had come from. But they don't consider themselves out of the game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they all still have hopes and dreams and families and like things happening in their lives. But the day you lose that perception of self, where you say, "I am," the day you stop believing that you are not a crazy homeless person is <laughs> uh, is the day I guess you 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 actually become one.
1: Do, is it? Do you think it's just instinct? What? It? I mean, did you meet someone who was like that? Where it's just like. Okay. I, I, I don't know him personally, so you know you like.
0: If you can rephrase the question.
1: Um. Okay. So, let's say in the, let's say in the game, do you come across someone, or you you have the option to be what you've described—someone who has lost hope or lost yeah. a. a there's, uh, there's a crown.
0: There's, yeah, there's there's echoes of that through through the game. Um, uh, I think in I think in almost every c- city you can you experience that. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but there's like sure. a really there's a really there's two key gut wrenching moments that like echo pieces of that. Um, one's really early in the game. Sure. Um, where you have to, like, where you're... Because, I mean, the, the game starts off with you being evicted, and you're like, oh, I've got to go and make this money or else, right? I don't have anywhere else to go. And, yeah. and so that's, like, one of the first key moments of the game. But then there's this other one later on where it kind of toys with your willingness to help people. Yeah. And it's almost it, it almost, like... It like it, it shines favorably on Good Samaritans in a mm. in a slight sense. It's like if you are willing to do good for people, then no real harm will be, come to you. Sure. Um, but if you don't, <laughs> then yeah, you end up on the other side.
1: And, and uh, it, it's I mean, it, it, it's interesting and refreshing to talk about a game that is that can't actually say, I am story, but, oh, I have these mechanics here. This game is literally story. Like, there's movement and there's atmosphere, but it all, if I'm not mistaken, it all accompanies the point. There's not a shooting sequence once you've made a couple choices. You know?
0: No, yeah. I mean, we have, like, some, like, we do have a few, like, gameplay sections sure. there, but they're mostly in service of, like, shaking things up or
1: and they're um, not QuickTime time events probably as much.
0: No, I think we have, like, we have, like, well, we have the arcade games, which are, like, weird things Jake makes. Like, he just likes making weird, like, we use RPG Maker, and that's not really, like, an engine that you want to, like, try and make an action game out of. Yeah. But he will, he keeps trying <laughs> to turn it into an action game. Like, all these little, like, weird RPG Maker games that are, like, clones of other games. Like, he made a Flappy Bird clone in RPG Maker, which, like, it's it's glitchy and buggy, but it's it's kind of funny. Is that
1: going to be in there?
0: I think it's in there. Like, I think...
1: Oh, sometimes Flappy Bird or something?
0: It's, uh, he called it, uh, Crappy Dog. Um...
1: That's a good one.
0: That, that, I like it. Yeah. Uh... And then, uh, we have, like, you know, different sections that, like, yeah. um, like, that are puzzles, sure. or... Um, In a way, I consider even, like, the box-moving section a mechanic.
1: Sure. I mean, like, Cart Life was all about that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, but Cart Cart Life had this, like, lemonade stand quality where there was, like...
1: There wasn't a lot of determinism in it. It was more direct in that way. But, you know, the gameplay of Cart Life was, you know, that kind of idea. Not the actual story. The story was pretty linear in some ways. But, yeah, um... So, overall, like, I'm always interested because, uh, has Devolver, Devolver always seems like the best publisher now for indie games. Can you talk about their experience? uh... Yeah. Like, they're, like, they always get, like, it's like, dudes, you're, like, the best. Like,
0: like, they, so I first met, um, Nigel while I was hitchhiking um, through Austin and I emailed them and I was like yo I want to just meet up and like ask you questions like I want to know how the, uh, how you guys do your shit and so um, like Nigel met me in this like really dive bar on the outskirts of town and like we just shot this shit for like an hour or two um, just just Jibber jabbering, and uh, I was like, at the time, I had the uh, idea for this game—not necessarily what ASM is now, but I had an idea for like what the genesis of it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Does this sound like an interesting game?" Your guy who like gets a lot of pitches and shit. Does this sound interesting? And he's like, "Yeah, you know, sounds sounds kind of neat, I guess." Uh, and so, from that interaction, like I, after I came home, I hooked up with Jake. We started working on. A prototype of this thing and then um, they do this really cool thing every GDC where they're like they're really approachable like if you have an idea for a game and you're like really passionate about it and you're like yo I really want I think I think this is going to be cool and you're like you've put in a little bit of work it's not just like necessarily just like nothing you're just like I've got this neat idea I'd like you to you know put check you out crappy dog it's like, yeah. the newest thing in the world yeah it's got to have something behind it um, yeah at least, you know, uh, and a, a healthy dose of passion.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So we, we put together this prototype for them, and then we like flew out to San Francisco for GDC, um, and we set up a meeting. Like we we were we were broke as shit, and we couldn't like even afford to like go to GDC. So we just like met them outside the convention and, like, sat on the floor and showed them our game. <laughs> and, that and thing
1: about GDC always rubs me the wrong way that it costs that much, but, yeah. Well, but it's, it's. I mean, it, but it it's, is, a, it's a big show. Yeah, it is important, and they do have to make some kind of revenue to make it important. Yeah. Not even just that, but to
0: rent out the convention space. Oh, yeah, to...
1: to make it a thing that is internationally you, known. you got to
0: keep the out the riffraff like us, otherwise, I mean...
1: Yeah, then you get all the crappy dogs in there. Yeah, right? then you
0: get crappy dogs and, like, stupid N- ASM games.
1: And then they're trying to get, like, the crappy dogs are talking to, like, King and, like, can we have Crappy Dog Saga and all that kind of stuff? And it's uh, just crappy,
0: like. Crappy Dog Saga is, is is our next move, I think, after ASM. We make Crappy Dog Saga.
1: Always, sometimes, Crappy Dog Saga.
0: Yeah. Um, Monster. No, back to Devolver. Yeah, we just. Yeah, we go just ahead. Sat, I'm sorry. We, we sat down on the floor, showed them the game, and then, like,. Uh, it wasn't too long after that where we actually got like paperwork and started actually being able to make this thing like with artists and stuff.
1: So that has always been my interest. First, uh, I, as some people, you know, some people are like, "Oh, it's eight bit." Uh, I've never really seen an RPG maker game that has had a huge, a, a larger. About this size crew. Maybe a little smaller, like two to three, but not this kind of size. Maybe I'm just... haven't seen enough uh, of these games. I mean...
0: No, there's some, like... I mean, especially some of, like, the... Um, like, we... We're in a weird category. Because, like... There's a... Like, the RPG Maker community is actually really big and really active. And there are teams that, like, have, like, you know, 12 people on them working on games. Um... And they're they're doing it all just for funsies. Yeah. Um, this is what they do for fun. Um, we're in a weird like, it just happened to be the engine that like worked for us.
1: Sure. That's a. I guess that was my point. That uh, I guess it, it it it's one step above. Like it's the same thought is a lot of time thought about if that it's only about people who care about if creating games for it. Where this seems to go beyond that scope, and it's just, hey, this worked out in the situation. What's if? Uh, it's like interactive fiction. It's, oh. it's like pre-twine. It's weird. Oh, okay, okay,
0: okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I see. The thing is, like, we 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 made this. We started actually working. Jacob started working building um, uh, something in X and A. And like we were really like eager to get to like an early prototype stage where we could just, you know, show this thing off to somebody, this concept. And we realized that like, you know, if he's, if he's starting from scratch in XNA or even if we like unity, when we started unity, wasn't as popular as it was right now. And game maker had only just started, like it didn't really have any, like none of the porting options were really around. Um, So, like, they they might have seen, like, better choices, but either way, we would have had to, like, build movement systems in from scratch, build, you know, animation systems in from scratch, build inventory systems in from scratch, build all these little little features that we, like, just had baked into the RPG Maker. Plus, like, RPG Maker was something I used when I was, like, really little. Mm -hmm. Like, when I first, like, I was like, oh, video games are neat. I'm going to make video games when I grow up. Um, that dream that I've completely forgot about and then, like, refound later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was RPG Maker that, like, I started working on, like, making stupid Dragon Ball Z fan mods and stuff. Sure. Uh, so it was kind of semi-familiar, and we just, like, it just happened to be what we <laughs> made our prototype in, and we just, like, mm-hmm. well, we're not going to go and, like, rewrite all this, right? And we're like, nah. Mm-hmm. So we just kept rolling with it, and now we're <laughs> releasing the game. Plus, I mean, like, we'd seen... To the moon, come out. Yeah, to tremendous success, and um, that was kind of inspiring. And we're like, oh, okay, it's not going to be just like a, a you know this yeah. random weird thing that we're making. Like it can actually work.
1: Yeah. Well, at least sometimes, Monsters is on Steam on May twenty first. Um, so the game is gonna be awesome. It has Steam achievement, and that was one more thing I was gonna. How, oh. <laughs> is, how does Steam achievements work in a game that doesn't want you know? Because everyone. Because that, that always felt like a good point about um, Mass Effect 2, where they got an achievement. Oh, you have achievement of saving all the crew. Right. And then that makes you min-max the actual intelligence and, and break the game's logic in a way. Yeah,
0: so we uh, have been thinking a lot about how we want to handle the achievements. And personally, I have been very vocal um, within the team about, like, I do not want a any achievement that is going to affect any choice you make in the game. So um, the achievements are probably going to be, like, relatively superficial for people. Like, just purely progression-based. Like, I got to, you know, X-far in the game or whatever. Um, which is the general goal of the game anyway. So it's not like adding an achievement to it is going to, like, change too much. Um, but, yeah, I didn't want any, like, I hated those it be like, it'd be like, oh, get the good ending. Oh, get the bad ending. Because it um, incentivizes choice in particular ways. And, like, it changes the way you play through if you're that kind of a player. And then, uh, yeah. You'll go the full Paragon route. Then you'll go the full Renegade route. And I really didn't want any of that and, business in my game. so. And I,
1: Massive one seemed a little less of that, where it's like good or bad, and then there's the part where you have the Ragnar Queen, and you're like, oh, this could be either way, and they only incentivize saving her. It's like, ugh, they only incentivize with this stupid, worthless thing by saving her when both parts are equally valid to a future. It's like, ugh.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really important. I I I worry like. Like achievement design is one of those things. Like people have struggled with it since achievements have been kind of made, and I'm I,
1: I if I have an idea. If you want,
0: yeah, bring it. Let's let's do this.
1: And it, it might get you a lot of publicity because I think it sounds really dumb, and people it'll make people on the internet angry.
0: Okay, I'm I'm a fan of this already.
1: Okay, so you released the game same yes. day on your website make a, a official vagabond dog steam achievement unlocker for people who care who hate video games and only care about meaningless
0: oh value. you mean like you mean like just like immediately unlock all the achievements
1: yeah like it doesn't you don't even play the game and it only why unlocks. i wouldn't even
0: i wouldn't even bother just like why not just bake that into the game what like, like like, like, literally, you can just access a, a console inside of the game and just turn on all the achievements. Or that Not even, not even make him go to my website.
1: Or, or just, like, make cra- Crappy Dog high scores all the achievements. Just, like...
0: But really. isn't, it a, isn't it a choice to get a high score in Crappy Dog? Don't you have to, like, choose to do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a game designer. I'm sorry. You, I don't you know. Gotta, you got to talk to your, uh,
0: yeah... I need to talk to a therapist is probably the best answer because I have lost my mind making just this
1: m- Psychologist. Therapist is way too much. And that's the end of my interview with Justin. It kind of went off the rails from there. Uh, I've never had to cut an interview, not just for time, but for content, such as we started talking about Ghost dad talked about Tom Cruise's secret life behind Scientology, HBO, Accidental Porn, and a lot of other stuff. It was a weird interview, but I really enjoyed it. I hope you did, too. Um, I'm going to try to be doing these things a lot more, like, constantly, because this was, like, regarded in, like, April. So I'm going to try to be less of a lazy shit and get these out more often. Also... I am looking for an actual theme song and an actual podcast artwork. Uh, Right now, whatever I have will probably be placeholder. Like, this Rayman music is going to be placeholder. Uh, I will not, I'm not doing this, like, as a for-the-exposure thing. I have an idea for who to do the art, so it might be... Full there, but I will do this on commission, uh, my email is david at mixedupzombies.com, my twitter is mixedupzombies, if you want to follow me, uh, I guess check out always sometimes monsters, I also have my website, mixedupzombies.com, plug, 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 um, but yeah, also if you're interested in being part of the interview video, get, like, Showing me your video game, you know, I don't have a lot of time, but I tried to play some of these games, and I am gonna start trying to do videos on that. So, hopefully, this will be better, and hopefully, a lot of stuff I shot all in 2013 will come. A lot of it's gonna have to be appended because, like, some of the stuff, like, we're talking about stuff that has come out gone and disappeared all at once so so we'll see if i keep any of my old stuff that i shot and never edited uh thank you for listening and if you're a long-time listener thank you for putting up with my bullshit and i will hopefully hear from you soon i will hope you will hear from me thank you